So the first question we had for you was if you could uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do, how you got to where you are. Sure. Uh, so I'm Vic Khanna. I'm an orthopedic surgeon here at uh, McMaster University, uh, specializing in hip and knee replacement. Uh, originally from Nova Scotia and did my undergrad medical school at Dalhousie. And then from there, went on to do my uh, residency at McMaster, followed by two fellowships, one in Ottawa and one in Toronto. And then I returned back to Mac uh, in 2015, I believe. Uh, and then I've been working here since. And then I became program director 2017. Right on. And then uh, why did you choose to do ortho? And did you consider anything else as a medical student? <laughs> to be honest, I, I probably wouldn't, if I didn't do ortho, I wouldn't probably do surgery, to be perfectly honest. Um, there was just something about it that drew me to it. And I, I think part of it was just mostly the people that are in it. They kind of share the same interests, same kind of goals and things. And I think you're sort of drawn to that kind of environment that, that you know, you like begets like. And uh, so that's what uh, drew me originally. And once I started doing some electives and stuff, I never really looked back beyond that. And rightly or wrongly, put all my eggs in one basket, but luckily it worked out. All right. And then um, what's your favorite part of your practice and um, doing ortho at Mac? And what does a typical day look like for you? Uh, so it's variable. So it really depends if you're clinic or the OR. And I, I think if you're any true orthopod, you obviously love the OR and the, the clinic is a necessary evil to get to the OR, I suppose. Um, but no, in all honesty, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think for sure most of us probably say that the OR is where we love to be and that's where we kind of enjoy it the best time i think it's at least my or it's an environment well you know it's good for teaching but it's it's casual when it needs to be but it's serious when it needs to be uh and so there's a good balance of that where you're just sort of having a nice conversation with friends and listen to music and getting a knee or a hip done and then then at the same time it can also be very challenging and if things are going perfectly not perfectly well or something then you got to focus uh but that in of itself sort of then brings out all the skills that you've been trained to do. So, uh, uh, yeah, for sure. The OR is the place that I like to spend most of my time. Um, and, uh, and yeah, even, even what's, what's the quote? I think the, the worst day in the OR is better than the best day in clinic. Right. Speaking of choosing ortho, one of the things that can kind of scare people away, especially in Canada is finding a job after all that training. Do you think as somebody on the inside, is that as bad as people think it is? No, that that's uh, that's old news. So you know, yes, maybe a few. I'd say even actually, when I was training uh, almost like ten years ago, now I, I would argue yes, perhaps the some of the programs are oversaturated. We were training you know, in my program alone. In my year, there was ten of us in a single year, and that's I would agree is probably too many to be producing. Uh, but things have sort of tightened up now. Uh, most programs have uh, kind of tightened the reins a little bit and, and shrunk down for the better. And that's created better teaching environments, better one-to-one -one staff to resident. But the reality for the job, you know, I, I, as a program director, I get a lot of, uh, of the job applications. I write a lot of the letters of references. And, and what I would tell you is that anybody that deserves a job in the last, say, three to five years that's come through the program, has a job for sure. Uh, and for the most part, a good job. And those that don't have jobs, there's a varying different reasons why 
you may not have a job. Personality reasons are one of the biggest ones, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but also, it, it, it's about, you know, if you're very fixated on living in one area and you don't want to leave, even though there's other job opportunities outside of that, and that could be for, you know, that's not just because you're being stubborn, but it can be family reasons, whatever. So, but if you, you know, if you're only focused on one specific area to live, and there's very few orthopedic jobs there, you're going to have to wait a while. So that, that, that leads to it too. I like to tell most of the residents and the fellows as they graduate that, you know, just because you take a job early in your career, it doesn't mean it's your be all end all job uh, and you'll be there forever more. Uh, and sometimes it's not a bad idea for you to say, okay, uh, you know, maybe I wasn't thinking of living in Northern Manitoba, but a job has come up there and you go, you, you know, and maybe start doing two, 300 joints a year, kind of, cut your teeth there a little bit and then all of a sudden maybe something opens up in a in an area that you're a little bit uh, you know more interested in living now you already have that experience underneath you you have to stay involved um you know you need to be at the meetings and you need to sort of uh, stay still somewhat involved it's a good idea to stay involved with your residency program that you just came from and all those sorts of things but but it, again if you're deserving of a job you're patient and you know, you're a good surgeon, a good person, you're going to get a job, no question in my mind. And if not, you might do one, maybe two fellowships to make a little bit of time pass there. But after that, again, the, the opportunities continue to pop up. And so, so I would say that that's an old narrative. All right. It's good to hear. And then the second factor that can kind of scare people away, not only ortho, but surgical specialties is sort of the lifestyle and it's too busy. You don't have time for yourself, things like that. What do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> And you hit it, then you have a pandemic and you do nothing and realize how bored you are. So no, I, so it's what, three o'clock? I'm done my OR list on a Friday. If I wasn't chatting to you, I'd be going home. Um, so ortho is busy. Um, I think that it really depends to um, where you work, trauma center versus not, uh, but, but that can be your decision, right? Uh, most uh, hospitals and community hospitals, it can be a busy day, but there's it's pretty rare for ortho to be operating late at night. Um, you know, it's not, uh, most things in orthopedics, there's, there's very few orthopedic emergencies that must be done uh, in the middle of the night. And so that's kind of nice for us from that perspective. By all means, we see a lot of people, uh, we operate a lot, uh, but most of that stuff is done in, in reasonable business hours. Um, but again, uh, and everyone tailors themselves to how they want to work, but the beauty of ortho is you can be as busy or as not busy as you want to be. Of course, that's typically tied to your finances, but uh, but you don't have to be working, you know, seven days a week if you don't want to. Uh, so so it's busy, but in a good way, and you don't have to be busy if you don't want to be. Right, and then kind of switching gears a little bit now for students being program director and in your time as a resident, what do you think uh, makes a good applicant for ortho, and what do you guys look for at Mac? So I think, uh, so certainly Mac, uh, one of the things that we kind of pride ourselves on is the research background. So certainly having some degree of uh, research background, you, you don't need to be, you know, multiple published in nature or something like that to get our attention. Uh, but, you, you know, it certainly helps that if you're interested in ortho, that you've been at least been involved with a project or two. Uh, it shows that you're, you have some initiative and you, you can, uh, you know, you'll hit the ball, hit the ground running. 
we don't expect every one of our residents to you know become Mobandaris or anything like that. But but by all means, if you want to be, we give you the infrastructure to do that and, and give you the, the leeway to do that. What else makes a good resident? You know, personally, I look for a well-rounded resident beyond for various different things. You know, I want to know what they're interested in uh, outside of uh, orthopedics and are they into what are their hobbies or sports or travel or all of those sorts of things are, are kind of interesting. And, you know, one of the things we used to ask, we asked this year in the interview was, uh, you know, everybody has picked up a hobby over COVID and what, what new hobby did you pick up? And it was interesting to see what people kind of got into and it really shows some insight into them. Because at the end of the day, this is about you and I working together for five years, right? And, you know, a great, you know, CV can be great on paper, but if, if we don't really jive or you don't connect with the program or, or vice versa, then that makes it, uh, it could be for a long five years. So you really want to just, as a resident or sorry, as a medical student applying, you just want to let everyone get to know who you are, what you bring to the program. Yeah, for sure, advertise all your extracurriculars like research and sports and awards and blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, just make sure that you're someone who's hardworking. Uh, when you're on elective, you're around, you're available, you're ready to help the residents. You know, you're not just there to try and impress the fact that you're trying, you're trying to help everyone. So, and that's a good piece of advice too, is remember a lot of the decisions on who gets into the programs, the residents have a tremendous influence over that. Um, and so most of the red flags that we identify are actually identified by the residents because all students are on their best behavior when the faculty are around. And then all of a sudden, they, things can kind of go off the rails when it's uh, you know on call later that evening. Mm -hmm. All right. And now, given the current circumstances, no visiting electives, things like that, let's say somebody really wants to go to MAC, they didn't go there for med school. How yeah. is there anything sort of they can do to separate themselves and be impressive virtually? Yeah. So I think uh, virtually, one, you have to be involved. Uh, so you know, there's tons of stuff literally every night I'm on something for Mac Ortho, whether it's trauma, arthroplasty teaching, grand rounds, of, excuse me, on Wednesday morning or something like that. So, um, show, you know, be part of that. Um, and it, as much as you wouldn't think it gets noticed, it actually does get noticed if your name is on all of those, uh, talks and stuff. And, and they every once in a while chime in with a question or something like that, if it's an appropriate time or appropriate question. And and then over time, that's kind of how you get to know uh, these faculty. The other thing uh, you have to be in, you know, now's the time to reach out to someone that you're, if you're interested in maybe sports med or someone to try and get into, involved with the project. You don't have to physically be on site, but you could be doing data review or writing or something like that, or research background, you know, for the intro or something like that. So by all means, uh, get involved in the, the research side of things. And, and then as much as you can, it, you know, I think the, probably the rules will change as time goes on. But as soon as you hear that electives are a, a possibility, by all means, uh, get to the schools that you're interested in. Because at the end of the day, as I said, it's, it's really about getting to know you um, quite well and uh, knowing you as a person. And so the best way to do that, obviously, is in person. But as much as, much as you can do it virtually, it's, it's a good thing. All right. And then um, if you had to sell students on the Mac Ortho program and tell them what makes it what it is, what would you say? A lot. So one, I would say basically we currently have one of the youngest faculty uh, in Canada now. So we've had a significant turnover in the last 
like it's sad, but I'm like one of the old guys now. But uh, so that means that we basically have faculty that are all roughly five or 10 years older than you, but not ridiculously so. They've all just finished their fellowships, exams, whatever. So they still kind of get what it is to be a resident. But at the same time, they're also bringing with them some of the greatest, you know, the coolest stuff from all over the world that they've seen. So you're you're not going to come here and see the same old approach to, you know, kind of the boring old guy does it this way. And this is the only way they do it in this school forevermore because, you know, Professor X says this. So that's not here. Here it's like, you want to go see a hip done today? Okay, this guy's going to do the atrium. That guy's going to do push. This guy's going to do a lot of this guy's going to do it with a robot. This guy's going to do it with, so you'll see a whole bunch of things. And, and so that's one of them. The other thing I would say is that we're, pretty cutting edge. So yeah, we're the only center in Canada that has a robot to do arthroplasty. We're the only center that's using uh, navigation to do high tibial osteotomies. We're doing cartilage transplant, which is like unheard of anywhere else. We're doing hip arthroscopy at some of the highest rates of anywhere in the country. Our trauma center is sort of becoming uh, the epicenter now for, for high energy, crazy trauma. And we got a great crew there and they're um, there are a lot of them are like Baltimore shock train and stuff. So that now they're becoming the speakers only sites, not to mention that we basically have one of the biggest research juggernauts going. If you, if you want to be a name in research and you come to Mac for orthopedics, basically you tie yourself to Mo Bandari uh, or Femi Ayeni or Michelle, one of these big names. And essentially your, your career starts, you're, you're already a hundred miles ahead of anybody else. Right. Uh, and, and so uh, other programs can't really offer that. And despite all of these crazy things that we're doing, um, you know, and, and very cutting edge and very new, and, uh, we also are still, we act, you know, we, we function like a big massive program, but we're still relatively small. Uh, you know, we still get, you would know uh, pretty well every faculty personally, and we know most of the residents. And um, so it's kind of a smaller city feel, but yet the big city kind of uh, um, activity and, and some, you know, I think MacArthur though is really on this trajectory where it's uh, it, it's taken off for sure. All right, and then in your opinion, are surgeons born or made? <laughs> Good question. Tough question, obviously. Uh, I think there's certain inherent traits that you're born with. Uh, your work ethic, uh, attention to detail. Maybe you're gifted with the uh, hand-eye coordination. Those things maybe are born, but but at the end, you know can you make a good surgeon? A hundred percent. You know, you can have some of those intangibles for sure. But at the same time, I think a good training program, a good environment, a keen individual can definitely be trained and made into a very, very good surgeon. And the beauty of it is, is you have your ability to find your niche. So, uh, you know, if you're not, maybe, maybe you're not the most, uh, you know, adept at whatever, cutting or something or some particular procedure. So, so you maybe change, change your tact more of a research or an education-based approach, uh, but still, you're still a tremendously valuable asset to uh, the orthopedic surgery world uh, or vice versa. You know, those, those that are got the really gifted hands are going to you know, fly along in the clinical side of things while somebody else is going to then be collecting all this data of these crazy cases they're doing. So, so there's a lot of avenues. I, I, I would, you know, I, I wouldn't say won't, well, I would not say one or the other. I, I think you can have attributes that make you a good surgeon, uh, but we can certainly hear Mac Ortho if you want. We can even make you better. 
And last but not least, looking back at uh, your career and life, any regrets or advice you have for us at our level, both medicine or otherwise? I wouldn't say any major regrets. Uh, you know, I think it's uh, it's an exciting time for you to sort of pick your career. And the one thing I would say, having been program director for a while, is everybody has, you know, med school particularly, Mac and stuff, it, things happen quick and you're expected to make these decisions on what you want to do for the rest of your life very quick. And, you know, some individuals like you know, myself are very fortunate. I think I picked right and I love what I do. But other times, there are times where you might pick a specialty or a surgical specialty and get into it and then realize, you know what, this isn't for me. And I think you really have to be truthful to yourself for that. And, and, and you know, he asked, is it, are you born or made a physician? I don't know, but not, not everyone is cut out for surgery um, and not because they lack some attribute or something. It's just not the career for everybody. And and they get into it and realize that they have other priorities in their life. And, and so I, I, I've had residents that sort of has struggled through and get to third or fourth year. And then they think about maybe wanting to leave or something like that. You know, I think it, now you've kind of spent a lot of time trying to, you know, essentially force a square peg into a round hole. And, and if you just sort of are truthful with yourself and by all means as a program, uh, if you come in there and you made, you don't think you made the right call, that it, it's not at all something shameful to come and say, hey, let's find something else. I'll, I'll 100% support you. The program supports you and, and ultimately want you to be successful. So I, I would say that is something that, not my regret, but I'm saying if somebody has that, then I wouldn't want them living with that regret for a long time. So, so as long as they're open with themselves.